My name is Aaron McManus, and you are listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. And I'm here with my dad, Erwin Raphael McManus. It's good to be here with you. I, this is your second episode back. You took a little hiatus. Uh, hiatus? You big-timed me. You started your own podcast. Well, I think actually you started my own You Harry-styled me. You well, Justin Timberlake'd me. Wow. I'm a good category. That's good. Yeah. But you know what? It could have been I, John Lennon, you and your you Paul Beyonce'd McCartney. Me. No, you, you could be Paul McCartney. You go off and start Wings and you have a great career. Paul McCartney was <laughs> in Wings? Yeah. He started a band called Wings. Paul McCartney and Wings. I ne- after I, the Beatles. I need to do some more research on music. <laughs> For whatever reason, you never quite plugged into the Beatles early on. Okay, can I can I do the can I, can I get to business real quick? Can I get to business? All right, go ahead. Okay, here we go. So, first things first, subscribe to the Genius of Podcast. Mm. I don't know if it's our sister podcast, our brother podcast, our my, my father podcast, <laughs> but if well, anyone's asking what came first, the chicken or the egg, Battle Ready came first, and Genius of came second. That's right. But but on the genius of, I'm getting to do what you've been begging me to do on Battle Ready for two years. What, invite your friends over? Yes. You keep wanting me to invite guests to Battle Ready. And I keep saying, I just really like doing this with you. You wouldn't do it. <laughs> you wouldn't let me do it. That's because I had so much fun doing this with you. It wasn't that I didn't want to bring guests. Is that I really love having conversations with you. But you also told me we need to bring guests. It would help expand um, the conversation. It would make it yes. interesting. Yes. You, you would probably gain more uh, listeners. And yeah. and so everything you told me that we should do on Battle Ready, hey, guess what? We're doing it on The Genius Up. We are. We are. We are. So we're both going to spread our wings a little bit, mm-hmm. which I'm excited. That means you're going to have to carry more of the load of Battle Ready yes. and have more interesting guests over here as well. I called a few people yesterday. And I just think that's also very exciting because you have some fascinating um young friends with incredible stories, entrepreneurs, business guys, pioneers, artists, uh, designers. And I think it can open up the floodgates to so many great conversations. I think so too. I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be really interesting. And I I love, you know, I often wonder, like, do we need to talk about where the podcast came from, the Battle Ready podcast? Like the origin story. Because I think what we need to do is we need to add like a little thing in our Instagram in like the highlight section where it's like our origin story. Mm. So here it is. I guess it would be five years ago now. It's been a while. It's been a while. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here it is. The origin story of Battle Ready. You, my father, Erwin Raphael McManus, wrote a book called The Last Arrow. I did. And in the midst of writing the book Mm -hmm. and in the finalization of it being edited in the process it goes through before it gets published, you found out you had cancer. Yes. And so the last chapter of The Last Arrow, Mm -hmm. and the entire book is about saving nothing for the next life. Right. Uh, saving nothing for the 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 way back, which is an old Gattaca reference, which is an old sci-fi movie. Love that movie. If you haven't, if you don't know the reference, Ethan you Hawk. need to get to the end of that movie. It's Jude brilliant. Law. It's young <laughs> Ethan Hawke, young young Jude Law, um, uh, Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman is like mm-hmm. before Uma Thurman was huge, and before Uma was with Ethan, I think. Oh, they were mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah, no, there. This are isn't about the origin of Ethan and Uma. It's the Sorry. origin of of Battle Ready. I digress to Gattaca. So you write this final <laughs> chapter called Battle Ready in your book. And I decided 
Well, I came to you and I said, if you pass away, there's so many things, questions I have to ask. And I mm -hmm. want to ask them and I want other people to be a part of the process of me asking them, yep. can we do a podcast together where I ask you questions and, and you answer them. And that's how Battle Ready began. Right. We started Battle Ready because when I came through the uh, journey of cancer, you, you asked me to do this so that you and I could have conversations and leave the conversations, not only just for you and uh, for your future grandchildren, but also for others who could gain from the conversations we have together. Right. So here we are on this podcast and it's kind of, it's, so it really is about like resilience and overcoming um, mm -hmm. obstacles in life, whether it be physical or mental. It's about being battle ready. Whether it be spiritual, yes, mm -hmm. or anything else in life. And so it is about being battle ready and, and it's a really interesting focus, I think, mm -hmm. and a really good topic for, for our podcast. Your new podcast, The Genius Of, though, is unlocking the genius within each and every person that you interview. It's a little different, yes. yes. And I think here on Battle Ready, we talk about whatever we want. You know, yes. and uh, for, for me, the the theme of Battle Ready is the conversation you wish someone was having. Yes. And we just take on everything, even if we don't have an expertise. And we just uh, we just really talk about common insight, common wisdom, co common concerns, yeah. and we we uh, go at it. The, the genius of it is a little different in that. This uh, is a commentary. Yeah. Yes. This, this is just a running commentary on life, on culture on everything that's going on around us, on what is affecting us this week, because we know it's affecting other people. And, and it's amazing how many people have reached out saying, I'm so glad someone's finally having this conversation. Yes. And uh, we, I think that our best conversations are when we disagree. Yes. And we hold different positions. Yes. And I think it's funny that people actually think that we always hold the position that we argue for. <laughs> No. <laughs> we don't. No, but we don't. And it sometimes be fun we do we, it, and sometimes we change our minds. Yeah, it wouldn't be fun if we both just came up here and said, no, we both have the same view on this. Yes. And so, I was like a Republican for six months, and then I switched <laughs> back, and then COVID happened, and then like the vaccine happened, and I switched back again. So wow, who knows what, what I am? Yeah, but I think you're doing what a lot of Americans are doing. They're trying to figure out you know, where they're at, and 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 just like politically, there's probably no party that represents any person perfectly. And there, there are so many positions that don't reflect us all perfectly. And sometimes we forget to be nuanced. And Battle Ready tries to really open up the nuances of the conversation. Yes. But the genius of, uh, the line I really love uh, for me that inspires me is that every superhero has an origin story. And I love origin stories. I just uh, was watching uh, Batman Begins Again with Christian Bale. Yeah. It's probably one of my favorite movies to watch over and over again because I love origin stories. I love, I love when we get to see the story behind the hero, what made them who they were, what was their trauma, what was their crisis, what, what is their struggle for identity, and you know how did they overcome that? And whenever we see people who express some level of genius, um, we forget they have an origin story that there was a journey for them. And for a lot of them, um, there wasn't a, um, an overwhelming sense of their own genius or greatness or capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was fear and frustration, insignificance, insecurity, um, failure. And, and so in the genius of, it's, it really isn't about just getting them to teach us what they've learned. It's about getting inside of their story of how they discovered their own personal genius so that we can maybe learn from that and figure out how to discover our own. I love that. Um, okay, so in this, the theme, in the spirit of the genius of, 
and collaboration, I want to play a clip. Mm. And so it, this is kind of like my Jimmy Kimmel moment where I, I'm bringing <laughs> on my celebrity guest and I go, you're in a new movie. I heard you're in a new movie releasing this fall. I want to talk to you about the movie. And then like, maybe it's like a quippy little joke about, you know, I heard something crazy happened on the movie. And then I go, okay, just, you know what? Let's just play the clip. So this isn't your between two ferns moment. No, I'm not going to say anything <laughs> awkward. You're my dad. So he, we're going to play the clip. It's a clip from your most recent episode of The Genius Of. With Angela Davis. Angela Manuel Davis. Mm, who, is, Manuel. who is so many things. And in the interview, you don't talk about it because Angela is her own person. Yes. But I'm going to talk about it. We can talk about it here. Yes. Angela is also... Married to Jerome Davis. Jerome Davis. Who's who amazing. Is amazing. And we have to have him on because the way they met is incredible. Yeah, he was a world-class athlete. Like a movie. Amazing human being. Yeah, don't tell the story, but we got to get him on here. Okay. And then she has other siblings. And she her is father, the sister of? Oh, go ahead. Let my show. Go ahead. Just kidding. Your show. You can have it. No. Go on. You can have it. No. I was going to talk about her dad next. Go we'll talk about her dad. But I can't remember his name. <laughs> 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 but I can I can literally see his mustache in my brain. Tess, what's what's Angela's dad's name? I thought it was Jerry. Jerry Senior. <laughs> Her dad's name is Jerry Senior. Yes, it is. <laughs> and he used to be the manager of some pretty cool ML. Uh, he, I know teams. he was the manager of the Chicago White Sox. We knew that. I think he was also the manager the of the New York Mets. And I think he was was he the Brewers as well. We're looking that up. We're doing some fact-checking okay, so on was, ourselves. Okay, so he was a manager, a, a pro baseball For decades. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty incredible. And then his son is Jerry Lorenzo, who also does Fear of God. Who's the founder of Fear of God, the yes. designer, the genius behind Fear of God. Yes. And so, and that needs to happen at some point, you and him on the genius of that needs to happen. But uh, what I love about Angela is, one, she is definitely an artist. Oh, mm -mm. Yeah. through and through. Through and through. She was... She was a track and field star. Yes, sprinter. Sprinter. Just like her husband, Jerome. Yes. And then they met, mm -hmm. fell in love, had children, and she became, and her story is really amazing. Do you guys talk about how, like, origin story of her? We do. We really go back okay. into her story. So yeah. I won't recap that, but her story is incredible. She somehow gets into Soul Cycle, and I'll leave that for, I'm mm -hmm. sure, your podcast. And then that blows up. Right. And she becomes kind of bigger than the brand in her own way. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been to her class and I hate soul cycle. And not because of the brain. I just like right. No, no, you hate cycling. Cycling in, in a, stationary cycling. Because it isn't, it's dancing on a bike. <laughs> but I love Angela Davis's class because it's like going to church on a bike. Mm -hmm. So you're both spiritually filled and angry at the same time because your legs hurt so bad you want to vomit. But when I went to her class, it was David Beckham, it was Jay-Z, it was Beyonce, it was No ID, famous record producer. Olivia Wilde. Olivia was, Wilde. Who else? Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry was always. David Beckham. Beckham was there. Beautiful David Beckham. David Beckham and David Beckham. And Come David on. Beckham. And I remember the only time I ever rode twice in a row. Mm -hmm. I was because Angela afterwards was like, hey, David, like me, Aaron. And mm. he's like, mate. Are you going to ride for a second time? And I was like, yeah. 
Yes, How David. come in the list of all those amazing people that she had in her class, you, you never mentioned me? You never went. I went twice. No. I did. No. I have, I have proof. That's not true. <laughs> I have wounds. <laughs> I have psychological scars. There was like that a are proof that I've been. <laughs> there was like a season where you sent me and Joe Smith I all did. the time. I did. And we would literally be like, Are you ready for this? And I'd be like, No, I'm not ready for this. Whenever man. Angela would text me and say, You're coming tomorrow, I'd send you. <laughs> send me and Joe a group text. Both one or both of you are going. Okay. <laughs> We're going. Yeah, so I'll go, but my bike needs to be genuinely stationary. Yes. <laughs> where so, the pedals don't move. <laughs> or, the, or the wheels. Yes. Okay. At, we're going to check out this clip, and then we're going to talk about it. Awesome. What is the biggest lie people believe about themselves? And what is the most important truth you want to impart to those people you train and to even those who are listening? Yeah. I think... What's we, the biggest lie? I can't, I can't, I can't. You hear so much, I can't, mm. before people even try. <laughs> that blows my mind. I can't, mm. I can't, but you didn't try. I can't. How many times does I can't stop us from even trying? And what I believe is there's an ingredient in your try that'll mm. take you to the next level. Mm. Just so everyone try. who's listening right now who would say, I can't, I can't, I can't. Try, what would you tell them? try, <laughs> try. Put something on it. Mm. Put something on it. Like you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be the Olympian. You don't have to be the Picasso, but try, mm. try. It's think- good to not be good at something. Oh, that's good. It's so good not to be good in something. Well, then it's, I'm living a really good life because <laughs> I, I do so but many But it's good to put yourself in that. Yeah, it's so It true. grows you and it stretches you and it expands your territory. Yeah. That's okay. Just try. Mm, that is so, so good. Well, one thing that I really love about this moment is that when it's so, so, so special, but when Angela says, I hear so much I can't before people even try. So that we want to like, I think I want to talk about that on this episode, this idea of can't. All right, well, let me give you a little nuance insight in the interview. Okay. I asked Angela, what, um, what are the mindsets that you, that you find are so limiting for people? And then when she says, I can't, I thought she was saying to me, I can't do that. I can't, I can't describe a mindset. So I thought she was telling me I can't. <laughs> Did you guys get in a fight? No, no. I thought, oh, she can't answer this question. She can't give me an insight here. And then, and then all of a sudden when she says, I can't, I can't, I can't, I realize, oh, she's not telling me she can't give me the answer. She's giving me the answer. The and answer the answer is, is I can't. <laughs> and so yeah, I had to kind of go with it. I, I had to act like I understood right away. Uh. <laughs> and, and I thought, this is a perfect metaphor. I literally thought she was saying I can't because that's what people do so oftentimes. You you take them someplace for uncomfortable and they go, I can't go there. Well, I, I, but she went there. She did. And, and, and then it was such a great insight when she said pe- people just say I can't. Before they even try. Before they even try. Yeah. And I, I find that to be so practically true because most people may not say out loud I can't. They just don't. Yeah. And when a person doesn't do something they've wanted to do, it is the I can't. And 
And it's not even I won't. They actually believe they're not capable of doing so much that they're capable of. You won't know what you're not capable of until you've pushed the boundaries of what you, of what you are capable of. I, I, where does it? Where does this idea of I can't come from? Because I know that like when I was growing up, a, a, a big phrase that like had huge definition over my life, and it was really tough, mm-hmm. and it was internal, and it was you know struggling with OCD and struggling with identity and all of these things that that you go through as like a young man growing up mm-hmm. in life. Where it was like I'm not this or I'm not that, yeah. and this idea was so I think stemmed from failure mm-hmm. of. Maybe being afraid of failing or being embarrassed to fail or maybe just, but it feels like I can't just a step further. I don't know. Yeah, Where I, does it come from? I think some of it is rooted in a connection between failure and acceptance. That as a child, if you believe, if I fail, I will be such a disappointment to the people that I love or that I need their love that I will lose their love, I will lose their approval, I will lose their acceptance. And so the moment there's um, a connection between failure and acceptance, you're, you, you start becoming more vulnerable to the mindset of I can't. Does that make sense? I, 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 I do, I do. I think, what, but where does it come from, you feel like? Um, that's the cross, I think that's like, I think on an X and Y scale, that, that's the, the common denominator, that's the crossroad. Sure. But where do you think it originates? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes out of sin- sincere, uh, I'll use parenting right now, sincere parenting that maybe um, needs to be slightly altered. Like when we're always complimenting our kids for what they've accomplished. Yeah. They immediately begin to connect with, oh, my parents love me when I succeed. They love me when I achieve. They love me when I'm at the standard rather than uh, expressing affection without a connection to accomplishment. Mm. I think it's really important to help someone know you're loved regardless. Like you're, and, and then, it's, and then uh, finding, um, making sure you affirm their character, not just their accomplishments. You know, and you go, oh, I just love the way you were so forgiving. I just love the way that you were generous in that moment. And, and, and I think affirming character is so much more important than affirming accomplishment. And then on the negative side, because I, I know this happens too, it's when a child feels like love is being withheld from them or affection is being withheld because they failed. So you feel like the, the fear of failure comes from when affection is tied to success. Yeah. And it's not just your parents. It can be peers. When you realize, oh, in the classroom, if I hit the, if I hit the ball during recess, everybody cheers me on. If I strike out, Right. I'm, I'm rejected and I'm not a part of the group anymore. Well, I mean, I do think that most of our educational process is like hardwiring children to be success driven, right? Yeah. Or now I don't think it is at all. I think it's, it's, it's success is the enemy that, that equality is right. our Which, only success. Yeah. And, and so it becomes unhealthy now because you're telling a child, oh, you're awesome, it, it, even if you, it, it, it disconnected from any um, actual action or choices. But you said show affection that's disconnected from accomplishment. From uh, Well, from achievement and accomplishment, yeah, in terms of um, your love because you hit a home run or your love because you got an A, right. as opposed to um, you're loved uh, and I want you to do your best. But isn't that the you same know? as giving everyone trophies at the end of the season? 
it, 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 you're saying yes. give the trophies up front. No, what I'm saying, no, what I'm saying is give the trophies for different things. Give, like. give, give trophies for kindness, give trophies for integrity, give trophies for compassion. Give the Ted Lasso episode, the best, <laughs> best dressed. <laughs> you, shut up, pick. Yeah, I think that there's a pendulum. So now we've, pen we've pendulum to, you know, my child graduated from kindergarten. You know, you know the trophy, yeah. the participation yeah, yeah, yeah. trophy where you're giving every, you're not solving the problem by giving a, a trophy to everyone for nothing. What are you talking about? You're, your you're, child graduated from kindergarten. It's illegal if he doesn't graduate. <laughs> he, he's in. He's inside of the law. <laughs> that you teacher fails. You don't. You don't graduate from kindergarten. You just simply exist. They just. <laughs> they just let you go. <laughs> and, uh, but no. But anyway. But I do think that there's a definite connection there. Um, so ironically, resilience can actually be harmed. In an environment where um, you're living your life with a need for outside affirmation, okay, and uh, like for myself, I didn't I didn't grow up with any uh, I would say close to zero outside information uh, affirmation, and um, in fact, um, I'd be hard pressed to think of almost any conversation or moment in my life where I had outside affirmation from the people in my family system or world system, and. And I needed that really desperately, like every yeah. child does. And so I had something in my life I, that clicked inside of me. I thought, if I'm going to value myself or believe I can do something, it's going to have to come from the inside out. Yeah. It's not going to come from an outside source. Yeah. And it could have crushed me going, I'm not anything. I'll never accomplish anything. I'm insignificant, which I struggled with that. But instead, what it did is it ended up fueling me. And I decided, um, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. <laughs> you know? And... And I, and I wonder sometimes if some people have a different internal structure. And so the, the way they respond to crisis and those kind of circumstances are different. But I also think that some of it is that um, it, it can almost become like a survival mechanism. Like a lot of the guys I know that are super successful, super affluent, super driven, they come from incredibly troubled backgrounds. I mean, just harsh beginnings. And they live in fear of poverty and, and they're living their life, proving to everyone in their life that they're not what they were told they were. And so they took these two negative fuels and turned them into a positive outcome of accomplishment, of really making something with their life. But at the same time, you can feel it, you can see it, you can, it's so clear that they still struggle with an identity crisis mm -hmm. and they still don't know. They're afraid to fail. Uh, so they don't fail. They, they, they've addressed failure by not failing, right? <laughs> you know, or hiding it when they do fail or, right. or, um, or, or overcompensating. And so it's the Lamborghini and the photographs and it's the private airplane and it's the, you know, the, um, the, the, the two girls, you know, on each arm. Yeah. And it's like an overcompensation for a lack of, of significance and of esteem and of, of a healthy sense of self. Um, and uh, so I think the I can't is a really powerful thing. And I, I've heard I can't in my head a million times. And so I use I can't personally as a personal compass into my future. <laughs> Whenever I tell myself I can't, I go for it. I just start because I tell myself, all right, I'm not going to let my internal narrative decide whether I can't. I'm going to try. And if I fail, then I'll go, okay, maybe I can't, but I tried. Mm -hmm. And I, I think trying is more important than 
even doing mm-hmm. in that sense. Although Yoda says there's no try, there's only do. <laughs> you know? Does he say that? Yeah, Yoda says that. Okay. Yeah. And I um, gotta hit him up. And uh, <laughs> there is no try, only do. And uh, I would say that there is no do until you try. Okay. That's my Yoda moment. Okay. I like it. I accept it. I accept your Yoda moment. (laughs) I'm Um, trying to do fact checking on Yoda. No, no, no. No, I'm not. not, Okay. No, no. I'm just telling the back room there, just so you can find it, Yoda is not an actual person. Okay. He's not a real person. Yoda is a little green monster from Star Wars. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that you're searching in the right information, not looking for Andrew Jackson and Benjamin Franklin and Yoda and Gandhi and Mandela. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's a good little like snippet section on can't that's good you think it's good yeah we can we can we did it (laughs) football is life (laughs) aaron has now suddenly been become addicted to ted lasso and i tried football is life okay here's a perfect example I try. I begged you to watch Ted Lasso. I can't do it. You poo pooed it. You're like, I don't, I don't want. I don't want to. Nah, it's not my thing. Can't do it. You don't, even not into comedy. You even thought less of us because we like Ted Lasso. I'm ups. And, and I'm you a, missed the whole first season because of it. I didn't miss it. I just watched it. <laughs> I delayed gratification. I was, yes, I was patient. But then the moment, and then. I just kept bugging you. You probably thought we were irritating you. We probably were you were, irritating you. Were, you, were, you were. Between me like, and your mom and yeah, yeah. your all, sister. Yeah. And, <laughs> and everyone. And so finally you watched an episode, but you didn't, did you, you didn't like it right away. It took you a minute. It took me a couple episodes to actually, to like it. I, I didn't dislike the first one. I just wasn't sold. People kept saying, oh, if you like The Office, you're like this. And I hate The Office. Right. And I'm not a fan of The Office. Really. Not a fan of The Office. I'm not. I'm just not. Yeah. But I don't care if Ted married Mary I don't, or whatever her name is. Pam, Ted. <laughs> what, was this Pe- Pam and who? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Get my, out of The Office. My point of this, though, is sure, that yes. just like I can't, you're so certain that this would not be something you'd enjoy. Yes. And so you tell yourself, I hate it. You hate it without ever, ever having experienced it. Yeah. You create a mental reality that doesn't exist in the physical reality. And then once you break through, you realize, oh, I love this. And you start laughing out loud. Yeah. See, I think it's the same experience like with food. People say, oh, no, I hate whatever. You know, Uh, Kim uh, hated oysters for almost all of her life. Uh, She wouldn't even try it. But she hated them. She'd never tried them. Yeah. It's amazing. You could hate something you've never tried. It's crazy. And then about five years ago, we were on the coast here and we went to a restaurant and I had oysters because I love raw oysters. And she goes, okay, I'll try one. And she fell in love and she ate all 12 of them. And basically I'm going, wait a minute, this sharing thing. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to do this. And yeah. she goes, this, and, and she didn't just like it. She goes, this is my favorite food in the whole world. Well, how can you go from hating oysters to now it's your favorite food in the whole world? See, I, I actually think that we have self-limiting boundaries that we established in our own minds. And, and I can't is one of those. Okay. And if you began to realize, if you begin to realize, oh, on the other side of, of these assumptions of I can't or I won't, or I'm going to hate that or I can't do that, there may be the most extraordinary experience in your life. Maybe we would risk a little more past the I can'ts. Yeah. You know. I remember I have an I can't moment. To to I was so inathletic. Inathletic, unathletic. 
An athletic. Let me say it again. Because I'm so unintelligent right now. <laughs> Inintelligent. In no, no, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> okay. I was so unathletic in middle school. I know I was so unathletic until probably my... I, I really didn't become athletic till my like senior year in high school. Mm -hmm. I was such a late bloomer, which is like so funny now because especially like when girls snubbed me back then, like. Are you still holding that against no, the female mad. race? Tess, it sounds like he's embittered toward half the world's population because no, he I'm not, I'm not, was a I'm geek not. up to high school. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> but look at me now, girl. <laughs> but look at me now without braces. You blossomed. <laughs> I blew up. <laughs> what is it called? I glowed? I glowed up? You glowed up. I glowed up. I didn't glow up. I'm like a supernova now. <laughs> I'm a shooting star. If you need that, yes, baby, you are. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I apologize to all of our listening audience that this is. <laughs> I needed that from me. I needed that from me. All right. You've had your moment. <laughs> but I had this moment. And, and to make the basketball team, you had to run a 5K. But I was 14 or 15. And I was so not in like in. I had no shape. I was not in. I wasn't. I wasn't fat. I wasn't skinny. I was very skinny. Mm -hmm. Very athletic. Unathletic. Just was that just wasn't gonna happen and i remember <laughs> i ran it and i made it and i prayed the whole time this is my prayer don't laugh at me <laughs> i was like a bible verse it was when i can remember from 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 sunday school it was i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and at mm. one point i was like is it if i fail does this mean <laughs> Jesus yeah that he's not my battery source for this no, but really, I think those are the, the that was a moment for me that it was like, you know what? That was a lot of mind mental power. Mm -hmm. Like physically, I wasn't going to run it faster than hardly anyone, but I could I could survive it and I could get through it. And I, I love the stat. What is it that like your body can do? Your mind can go. Is it like or your body can go sixty percent more than when you feel like you can fail? Yeah, I think or, it might be even 80%. 80%? Like yeah. when the moment you feel like you can't do it anymore, you actually have 80% more capacity in your body and in your mind? Yeah, and I think if we thin slice what you just said, there's a great, really great insight. Okay, what is it? Because you you were saying you were not athletic and then you had to run this 5K. Yeah. But actually, running a 5K isn't about athleticism, it's about conditioning. Right. And a lot of people confuse the lack of talent with the lack of discipline. Wow. <laughs> I said this? <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep going. Yeah, and and so you you could you are you were capable of running five k. It wasn't that you were not athletic enough; is that you were not conditioned enough, right? And conditioning is about discipline. Okay, athleticism is about talent. Okay, and a lot of times I think people think, oh, I can't, I don't have the talent. But actually, what they're saying is, I can't, I don't have the discipline. And as you became, because what happened to you after high school is you decided to become super disciplined. Super disciplined. And you became disciplined. Uh, I mean, you were a disciplined reader. You, you yeah, read yeah. like wildfire. I mean, yeah. you just, uh, you read way more than I do. You, um, you became physically disciplined. You started working out and exercising. You became yeah. uh, structurally, you, you, you would read and pray, your, and pray and read your Bible way more than I did. Yeah. And you just, you just established a lot of disciplines in your life along the way. And those disciplines looked like suddenly raw, uh, raw talent. 
but you always had raw talent. It's just that when they merged with the level of discipline, that it, then it became realized. Yeah. I think a lot of people can't because they're not willing to pay the price, not because they don't have the talent. I love that. I think that's good. Mm -hmm. I think that's good for this episode. It's good. I, I feel good about it. Yeah. Oh, can we bring up one more thing? Sure. It's your birthday. Ah. It's your birthday. <laughs> it's your birthday on, well, I guess when this podcast release, it will be tomorrow. Yeah. It's Friday. My birthday is tomorrow on Saturday. 8, 28. 58. 58. That's when I was born. 8, 28, 58. So crazy. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Happy birthday. Is, do you have a birthday wish? Uh, well, I have one for you. So you, you do whatever you say and then I have okay. one. Well, it's a, to me, it's amazing. Tomorrow turned 63 years old. It's, uh, uh, I mean, it's crazy to think about being that old. What? You, you know, look amazing. And Doesn't he look amazing, everybody? And um, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> and, but um, um, yeah, you, you know, I guess if I'm, I'm going to have a very precise birthday wish, I'm, I, my birthday wish is that millions of people will read The Genius of Jesus. I love that. Yeah, because I really believe it will transform the way people think about Jesus and relate to him. I do too. And I think it's the most important book I've ever written in my life. Um, I don't think there's ever been a book in modern history written uh, about Jesus that sees Jesus in this way. And um, so my birthday wish is that um, the genius of Jesus would, would um, permeate the conversation across the world. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And this is my birthday wish for you. Okay. Is that everybody who is listening to this podcast right now goes and pre-orders the book. Mm. And if you've already done it, go pre-order it for a friend and send it to that friend. If, if, you're, if you believe in Jesus, if you don't believe in Jesus, if you're on a journey, if you just love genius, if you have a friend who likes <laughs> TED Talks, if you have a friend who doesn't like TED Talks, if you, like, if you have a friend who doesn't like to read, get in the audiobook. <laughs> I, I just read the audiobook, so I'll read to you every yes. night. <laughs> every night. And uh, on top of that, mm -hmm. I'm doing something kind of exciting. You are doing so many things that are exciting. I'm doing a book club. Mm. a battle ready book club wow and around the genius of jesus that's so which good. i've never done before i've been a part of book clubs i might even drop in you might drop in on the first one i might drop in so the prerequisite has been this and you guys have been amazing because so many of you hundreds of you have screenshotted the receipt uh purchase order receipt of you pre-ordering mm -hmm. the book and sending it to me on dm at so a requirement to be in your bible study is to pre-order the book pre-order the book sign up for the book club and the link is in the bio at battle ready podcast instagram mm. super simple so dm me the photo of the receipt and sign up awesome well if you're listening and you love battle ready um yes the best birthday gift you can give me is go right now and pre-order the book the genius of jesus and let's get uh, the message out and um every time someone buys a book it it allows the book to have a more prominent space in the world of social media yeah. so that more people will actually get the message and get the book and have an encounter with Jesus that will surprise them. All right. I love you. Hey, I love you too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Hey, you got to end by wishing me happy birthday. Happy birthday, dad. And thank you so happy much. Happy birthday. You, you are a <laughs> gift. I'm so grateful for you. I hope you enjoy this day from sunrise to sunset. I hope you enjoy it on Thursday, on Friday. Friday at 9 p.m. when all the music releases and it's considered midnight on the East Coast. <laughs> I hope that's your birthday and that starts. Yep, I, I'm going to watch all the time zones so that my birthday will be longer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, take all care. Right. Love, Love you, Dad.
Thank you so much for listening to the Bad Ready Podcast. I am so grateful for every single one of you that tunes in every week. Whether you're listening to it on Apple Podcast or Spotify or you're watching it on YouTube, we are just so grateful. We're so grateful that you've taken time each week to just join us and be a part of this journey of Battle Ready Podcast and a part of the family uh, of Battle Ready. Uh, there's some exciting things that we've been talking about a lot. And the reason why we're talking about it is because you matter and this matters and we think the things that matter in life should meet each other. So if you were a part of this podcast or maybe you're a first-time listener and you're going, what is the genius of Jesus book. What is the genius of podcast? It is a new project. It's new projects. And we are always starting new projects. So go and more importantly this week, because 805 of you have rated this podcast and reviewed it. And thousands of you have subscribed to the YouTube channel. I want you to go to Erwin Raphael McManus on YouTube, where the genius of podcast is hosted. I want you to hit subscribe there. And then I want you to go over, I don't know, this is a lot of homework, but it's really simple. It's really easy. And I'm grateful for you guys doing this. Go to Apple podcast and give it five stars. So the genius of podcast, subscribe to it, follow it, give it five star and let us know what you think. He has done, my dad has done episodes with Ed Millette, Angela Davis, Jamie Lima, and next week, an incredible, incredible guest appearance from John Gordon. I cannot wait. So go and do that now. We love you guys. And we're so grateful for every person who sponsors the podcast through Anchor, who listens and reviews, who shares this, who posts this, who DMs and messages us, who comments every week. And we could not do this without you. We're so grateful. Uh, this is one of the most exciting times in the history of this podcast and our church and our family and our uh, my dad's life. And it's gonna be exciting. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.